Hey guys, it's Tyler. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today where we talk faith, family, and focus in your life and your leadership. You know, juggling all of these things, it is so hard to keep track. Sometimes our heart can become so restless under the stress and the responsibility of all these facets of life. And that's why I wrote my book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. You can go to my website and get a free copy of that book, a free paperback copy of that book at tylerarobertson.com slash restless. So if you haven't done that yet, head on over to my website and do that. Grab a free copy of that book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. And with that, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to the Navigators Podcast, the podcast that equips men and women to steer the course of biblical Christianity in our culture today. Each week, we discuss faith, family, and the cultural trends that are sure to impact the local church. Join Tyler Robertson as we study God's Word together. Well, here we are again in Philippians chapter 3. What an amazing chapter, just packed full of truth. And last week, we introduced the idea... Uh, that we need to move forward. It's time to move forward. You know, that's not necessarily an easy thing to do sometimes. Sometimes there's so many things that try to uh, trip you up, try to trap you. Uh, So many trials and heartaches that will steer you off of God's beaten path for you. It's hard sometimes to move forward. But Paul, he lays a small foundation here in the book of Philippians. He lays a foundation of how can we reach forth? How can we move forward in our Christian life? And I hope, by the way, I hope that's your goal. I hope one of your goals is to move in a deeper walk with the Lord. I hope, you're, uh, I hope you don't have a goal that you just go to church and, and just vegetate on the pew. I hope your goal in your Christian life is to go deeper into the love of God, deeper into your maturity uh, with the Lord and in your walk with the Lord. Uh, not to settle where you are, not to become apathetic, but to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that's your goal. I hope you want to move forward. And so Paul, he lays some wonderful uh, principles for us here in Philippians 3. We'll read it again in verse 12. It says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I also am I apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. You know what he was saying? He was saying, I I haven't arrived. I I don't think that I've arrived. I don't think I've gotten to the place where I don't have to try anymore. I even says in another epistle, he says, I am the chief of sinners. We see Paul's humility and the realization that he is one step away from being outside the will of God. And you know, that is a realization we must come to as well. It doesn't matter how spiritual we are or we think we are. It doesn't matter how long we've been saved or how long we've been in church. Uh, We can boast about how many years we've been in church, uh, but that doesn't mean we are immune to sin or immune to temptation. And Paul says, I have not arrived. It goes on to say in verse 13, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We looked at it last week. We noticed his standing. What is his standing? It is, I am apprehended of Christ. Hey, I am here by God's appointment. I am here by Christ's calling, and I am here serving him only by his grace and by his love. The Bible says 
we are bought with a price. We noticed his standing last week. We noticed also his spirit. We talked about it, but he said, I haven't arrived already. We see his humility there. And then we talked about his simplicity. He said, this one thing I do. You know, there's power in simplicity. There's so much power in living simply, just putting the things of God first in life. You know, following the Lord and following, following Christ uh, is a simple life. Sometimes we, we often try to complicate everything and, and we have to do our devotions a certain way every single day. We try to plug in our formulas and our systems and our programs and think that's going to give us spirituality. But you know, the Christian life is pretty simple. It's keeping your eyes on Jesus, right? Reaching forth to those things which are before. And we'll talk about more about that in just a moment. So we notice his standing, his spirit, and his simplicity. Notice, if you would, his steps. His steps. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. It's interesting. He doesn't say forgetting the bad things which are behind. He says forgetting those things which are behind. There's a lot of bad in my life that I wish I could forget. There's a lot of things that I want to forget. And, you know, by God's grace, he's helped me to put it far distant in my mind so that I can move forward. Because if you can't learn to confront sin, confess it, and continue, then it's going to be a very hard life. It's going to be a very difficult one. But he he doesn't say here, forgetting the bad things. He says, forgetting those things, what things? All things. So, hey, even not even the past failures, but the past successes. You know, oftentimes I, I see a lot of believers, I feel like, we, we, I'm including myself, we try to live in the faith of yesterday. We try to live on yesterday's faith. Maybe we made a good decision. Maybe we have other things that we've done right in our past. Uh, but we cannot live on the faith of yesterday. Jesus said this in Luke 9. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, we cannot keep our eyes back. We can't let our past failures ruin our potential for the future, but we can't let our past successes, all right, determine the failure of the future. Because if you lean and you depend on the faith of yesterday to get you through today, you are not going to succeed in the Christian life. You're not going to move forward. You can't live on the failures, and you can't certainly live on the successes. The Bible says in Psalms, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. I want my steps, each step that I take. I want God to guide me. I want to get those things, forget those things which are behind. Reach forth unto those things. Proverbs says, ponder thy ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. I want to forget those things that are behind, but not just that. Because so many people, this is what they do, they forget, uh, forget the failure, forget the failure, forget the failure. Okay, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. And we're all about the don't. But he says, and he says to reach forth unto those things which are before. Not just a negative action of forgetting those things, but a positive action of reaching forth. So many people, they focus on the negative side of things. Don't do this or don't do that. But he says, I'm gonna, I want to reach forth to something. I've always told people, you know, I don't want, and this is just how God works with me. I understand, you know, some people say, well, when it comes to prayer, you know, God says yes to everything. And there's so many different 
uh, perspectives on prayer. But I always said this, and this is what the Lord kind of has always spoken to me with, uh, is that I don't want just to know. When it comes to a decision, when it comes to a certain step, I don't want the Lord to just tell me no. I want Him to tell me yes. I want Him to tell me yes in some way, right? So if I'm praying about, Lord, I, I want, want to buy this vehicle, you know, we need to upgrade our vehicle, get a van or whatever it is, and I'm praying, I don't want Him to just say no. Lord, I want you to steer me in the right direction. Yes to this. Whether that's a van or whether that's something else or whether that's uh, putting the money towards something else. I, I want a positive action to reinforce uh, the fact that God's working in my life, God's hands on my life, and what is He doing? He is continuing to push me forward, push me closer to the image of His Son, reaching forth to those things, which are before that, that term, reaching forth, uh, has the idea of stretching as in a race. You see two runners, they're neck and neck, and they are running, they are putting everything on that track. And you can see them as they're stretching out their neck, they're stretching out their chest, ho- just hoping and just wishing that uh, they'll be the first to break that ribbon and to get on top uh, on, on the placing and get first place. That's the idea here when Paul says reaching forth, it's stretching. It is giving your best foot forward. What are we reaching for? What are we reaching? What are we going towards? You know, I I asked a group of teenagers the other day, I said, you've got to know your why. It's good for you to do good things, but you've got to know why. You've got to know why you're doing it and what's the end goal with it. Well, Paul tells us, he says, reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He says, I press toward the mark. I, I, Jesus is the goal. And I am doing everything I can to press toward Him, toward His image. And when people look at my life, they will see the sun. But you know, if you press forward, I, I love that, that, that term that, that He uses here has the idea it's pushing forward once again you're stretching you're giving it all that you can give it you know what that tells me though that tells me that if i'm going to go forward in my christian life that tells me that i've got to press and that tells me that i'm going to have opposition there's something that's if you're going to press in your christian life there's something that's going to press against you first peter says be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about Seeking whom he may devour. You know, the devil, he doesn't want us to press toward Christ, toward a deeper walk with him. He doesn't want us to go deeper in the love of God. Uh, He doesn't want us to walk in the Spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. He doesn't want us to do those things. He's going to do everything he can to press on us while we are pressing forward. There is an opposition but not just an opposition from without. You know, there's an opposition from within. I think sometimes our greatest enemies are the ones we look at in the mirror every day, isn't it? The, the person we look at in the mirror every day is the person that wants to keep us from soul rest, wants to keep us from peace and from true, biblical, Christ-like happiness. The opposition doesn't just come from without in our circumstances, but it does come from within. Sometimes your greatest battles are over those you love even. It's not just you. Sometimes it's it's 
It's those you love. It's those closest to you uh, that that you have a friction with, that your relationship is not what it should be. And so you've got to work toward those things. If you're married, you've got to work at having a good marriage. It's not just something you can pick up and lay down anytime you want to. It is a 24-hour job in which you have got to cultivate a right relationship if it's going to be healthy, if it's going to be spiritually mature, if it is going to move forward. So notice his steps, his steps. But then notice his support, his support. You say, what do you mean by that? Look at verse 16. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. And let us mind the same thing. He even says uh, a very familiar passage in Philippians 2, one chapter prior. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's saying, hey, you've got to have, if you're going to press forward, you've got to have a community that is of one mind and of one spirit striving together for the faith of the gospel. Striving together, continuing together, standing fast together. He said, let us walk by the same rule. Now, that word rule is not a word that we like very much. Nobody really likes rules. And you know what? It's hard to align certain pattern, uh, certain rules rather. There's uh, uh, pastors have some of the hardest jobs in the world to, to have policy. If they want to have any type of policy in their church or any type of rule system uh, for their staff or for uh, or for church members, or if they've got a school or something like that, that is one of the hardest things to do because everyone has got a different perspective on where to draw the line in their rules. Uh, but Paul says, he challenges them, walk by the same rule. What's the rule he's talking about here? The rule he's talking about is the Word of God. It is the ways of Christ. You know, there's a time to walk and there's a time to press. Because look at what he says. He says, let us walk by the same rule. There's a time to press and to run forward and to stretch as in a race, but there's other times where it's time to walk. And you know what? I think that the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us something. It's interesting he uses the word walk when he goes plural in his pronouns. He uses the word walk when he's talking about unity and togetherness. I think he's trying, the Holy Spirit is is teaching us that when we walk together or when we come together as a local assembly or as a church, uh, there's going to be some uh, some time where we're going to have to take it slow because we all move at a different pace. And I have this idea of someone running and running and racing and pressing forward, but then when they come together with the body of Christ, it's there that they can get strengthened and there they can get ministered to. There they can get encouraged. And it's a walk. It's a breath of fresh air. It is a time to tune back the pace a little bit. You can kind of see that idea, that picture uh, that Paul is painting here. And the Holy Spirit with his inspiration. Galatians 6 says this, And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy and upon the Israel of God. It says in Colossians 2, As ye therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. We've got to walk by the same rule, but not just that. He said, let us mind the same thing. Mind the same thing. As I said earlier, everybody's got a different perspective on everything, right? Everybody's got a different perspective 
on everything, and it's hard to know where to draw the line to, and to draw the standard. But he says, let us mind the same thing. Let us focus our minds, literally, on the same thing. And you guessed it. What is it? It's Christ. Let us focus our minds on Christ. I think so often we get so sidetracked by all these little side hustles and by all these little programs going on that we fail to see the one who matters. And when it comes to church, when it comes to uh, church events, we have, we have, we get so focused on the brand aspect and the marketing aspect. And I'm involved in all of that at our church, and I, I do a lot of that. And uh, it, those are good things. But I think so, t- so many times we, we fail to get back to the basic things. We fail to get back to just loving Christ and worshiping Him putting all the things aside and just focusing on Him, being of the same mind. Because the reality is you have got to have people in your life pushing you to Christ. You've got to have the local church. There's a lot of people out there that think they don't have to have the local church. Uh, They can, well, we can do it at home. Uh, We can read the Bible at home. That is so true. But what you don't get at home is uh, the assembling of yourselves together okay, with other believers. You need that safety net of the local church. You need accountability. You need help. Uh, you need strength. And I think a lot of times that's why a lot of people don't, they don't go to church because they don't believe they have a need to go. I mean, it's just that simple. They don't believe they have the spiritual need to go. They don't need to go. They don't need the help. They don't need encouragement because they're out on their own, right? They're building their own kingdom. But you need the help of the local church. You've got to have somebody in your corner person pushing you to the Lord. You've got to have spiritual leaders, people like pastors that feed you the Word of God, that uh, help you and and counsel you. And I think so often, especially in our generation, just being honest with you, I think in our generation, especially in my generation and millennial, of millennials, uh, we very much have dismissed the counsel of the pastor, of the local pastor. Uh, we very much, as a generation as a whole, I think we've done away uh, with the importance of spiritual leaders in our life. Uh, why is that? Because of the plethora of information out there. We think we read two blog posts and we're professional in a subject and we don't need help. And, and we're, we're of the self-help generation, right? If we can't self-help our way out of it, uh, then, uh, then maybe we'll get help. But otherwise, we're going to read 14 different self-help books. Uh, to get to help us overcome things like depression and fears and anxieties, those things you cannot tackle on your own. I'm just gonna be honest with you. You cannot tackle. And if you're if you're listening to this and you're struggling uh, with those things, with fears, with anxiety, uh, panic attacks, if you're dealing with those things, you have got to have people in your corner. You've got to have people that love you, that keep you accountable, that don't tell you what you want to hear, uh, that people that love you enough. Uh, to encourage you to do the right thing and to tell you when you're doing the wrong thing. You need spiritual leaders and you need family, right? You need the church, you need spiritual leaders, and you need family. If you're going to be of the same mind, if you are going to move forward. So we notice his steps, his support. What's his support? It's the, the local assembly, spiritual leaders in his life. And then we notice, lastly, his separation, his separation. What does he say in verse 17? Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them, which walk so as ye have us for an example. 
For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Paul was warning the church here that you've got to mark those. Mark those that are enemies of the cross. And by the way, we've got to be reminded, he was talking to believers here. There are a lot of people that are within church walls that are enemies of the cross. Uh, we can become, if we're not careful, enemies of the cross. Instead of pulling our attention and putting our attention on Christ on Sunday, we pull others' attention on us. We have become an enemy of the cross. We have stolen God's glory from Him. You know, there's a, there's a glory war that goes on every day of your life. And uh, it's either going to be you or God. Like the little song says, there's only two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing yourself. And that's so true. Myself, me, I want so badly to have the glory. I want to be elevated. I want people to look at me, ooh and ah. And a sobering thought hit me the other day. I wonder how much glory I've robbed from him. I wonder how much I've taken from him. I wonder how much I have hurt his cause by my own cause. Paul says, mark those that are the enemies of the cross. We notice his separation. We don't like to talk much about separation today. You know why? Because we, uh, very much the line of culture and Christianity is very much blurred. It is so blurred, in fact, that we don't want to talk about separation. In fact, we want to talk about morphing ourselves to look like the world in order to win the world. But come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. There is a difference. There ought to be a difference about a child of God. And that difference ought to be evident in your life. Uh, if you work with people on the job, that don't know you're a Christian by your testimony, by the way that you act, by the way that you work, and they work closely with you every day, I would, I would question that in your own life. I would ask the Lord, Lord, am, am I being too soft? Lord, am I, am I trying to just get people to like me instead of truly being who, God, you want me to be? And, and being bold in my witness and help. There comes a time where we've got to press. And there's come a time that we've got to come together and walk by the same rule. And there's another time as well to be separate. To be separate, saith the Lord. There's a lot of people who have failed to move forward because they failed to be separate. They failed to move forward in their Christian maturity uh, because they got their eyes on the world. They got their eyes on something that the culture handed them and got so sidetracked. And before you know it, they get to the end of their life, they look back and think, I didn't live for him like I could have. I, I'm a Christian. I'm, a, I'm on my way to heaven, but I didn't do everything that I could have to be separate, to be who Christ wanted me to be. So can I challenge you again today? Let's move forward. Let's move forward in faith, nothing wavering. Let us reach for the things which are before. 
reach for Christ. And I promise you, you keep pressing. You press through the hard time. You press through the valley. Christ is there. And He's there to meet you. And let me tell you, He is the best prize of all. Thank you for listening to The Navigator's Podcast. Visit tyleraroberson.com and subscribe to our readers group for helpful articles, podcast updates, and book releases. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to read more articles, listen to more podcast episodes, or find more resources, you can go to tyleraroberson.com, tyleraroberson.com, and subscribe to all of that. We would love to have you as a part of our community as we grow in our faith, family, and leadership focus.